Hi, Rabia. How are you? <laughs> I'm fine, thank you. How are you? I'm good. Welcome to For Your Information, first official uh, podcast. And today we're going to be discussing sports in Pakistan. But before we do that, could you please introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, uh, well, like you said, my name is Rabia Ahmed. And I'm working, currently working in sports in Pakistan. I'm working with a sports agency by the name of Magnus Sports. So my career basically started off in sports in 2016. But before that, I have been working as a lawyer. I graduated okay. from law school in 2012. Nice and, school. Uh, I, was a, I was always passionate about sports. I played all sorts of sports growing up. And uh, like, you know, from cricket to basketball, even mm-hmm. did a bit of archery also. So okay. I've like created a little bit of different kind of uh, for, uh, sports. And after graduating from law school, I started working with a law firm. And very quickly, I realized that it's not really for me. Um, yeah. So, so after that, uh, I started looking for different kind of work. I started volunteering as a photographer at sports events so okay. that was basically my uh, that was time your in. away from yeah that was my in and my time away from you know the regular work and everything that right. I was doing. so when i was uh, uh, taking photographs and everything i started interacting with a lot of uh, different sports people right mm-hmm. and i started listening to their stories and their struggles and everything and it sort of it was dawned on me at that point in time that these guys don't have any representatives yeah and uh, that's when I started, you know, thinking towards, you know, there needs to be some sort of representation and all of that. So um, obviously it took me a couple of years to finally say that, okay, I'm making a career change and I'm going to mm-hmm. do this full time. Uh, so in 2016, I made the plunge and here I am today. <laughs> all right. That's pretty cool. Uh, yeah. So talking about recognition, one thing I want to touch on is you current, uh, recently got recognized in the Muslim Women in Sports Network. Uh, there was an article <laughs> yeah. up on you. So considering the fact that you shifted gears almost from law to sports, and I know for a fact that you didn't leave law completely behind, you went into sports law mm-hmm. and you found a way to imply your, the skills and the knowledge you had earned before into this. Mm-hmm. Uh, did that feel good? Did that feel... Um, they feel like you were doing something right when that happened. To be very honest, I still haven't really, it still hasn't hit me yet. Uh, it's, right. I mean, it's just like, okay, yeah, there's an article out there. But for me, I still feel like there's, there's a long way for me to go. And, yeah. uh, and that, I mean, it sort of, it was nice that, oh my God, but it mm-hmm. still really hasn't hit me as, you know, mostly... I probably in a week or so, I'll be like, oh, my name was actually in the list for in, yeah. like, in a global list. So, yeah. Yeah. well, it was a really proud moment for all of us because uh, we were like, oh, God, that's that's actually <laughs> really cool that this happened because uh, we often talk about um, people in sports, whether it be behind the scenes, coaches, uh, people yeah. working in marketing or anything. We don't get recognition, um, which is a pretty good segue into what we really wanted to talk about, which is uh, the decline of the sports industry in Pakistan, which is mm-hmm. the, the proposed topic of the, of the podcast. Um, so again, uh, before we talk about the eventual decline, let's, let's set um, a sort of um, set a picture of what the current climate is. So could you just give us a little bit of detail about that? Yeah. I mean, in this year, obviously, we've, we've, have, we've had COVID, so nothing much is going on. So mm-hmm. really, sports-wise, we're at a standstill. There's no events. There's uh, nothing going on. But before yeah. COVID, we were not doing that well anyway. Yeah. So in the past couple of years, we've had a lot of issues with uh, athletes qualifying for major events. Mm-hmm. And we've had a lot of issues with uh, sponsorships. We've had issues with publicity of the sport. We've, yeah. We're really like a cricket-obsessed nation and we're really not putting any focus on other sports. Um, yeah, that's And I true. think it stems down from, from how these other sports are gov- uh, governed, right? Mm-hmm. These other sports don't have the legislations, they don't have the regulations or the infrastructures yeah. to basically promote the sport. So I'll give you an example. Let's say you have PCB, right? Yeah, yeah. PCB is actually doing some work 
to promote the sport. Mm-hmm. They're going after sponsors and they have the professionals to deal with those kind of things, right? Yeah. But when you go for something like the Karate Federation, the the Tennis Federation or anything, yeah. uh, any of those kind of federations, you don't meet anybody who knows the sport, eh? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, they don't know how to govern the sport. They yeah. don't know how to market the sport. So mm-hmm. eventually, all the athletes suffer. Yeah, I mean, when I was doing my research on this, one of the things which really stuck out was the fact that uh, all these federations, because there is a federation for everything. There's a hockey federation. Yeah. There's a, a foot, there's everything. There's a um, sports board. There's an Olympic association. But one thing which was really hinted on was the fact that the people running, the people in quote unquote power, um, yeah don't have anything to do with the sports. They're either politicians or there's some sort of bureaucracy involved. And that deal which, or that passion which a sports person would bring, that doesn't really come out. And, uh, but I just wanted to ask you, the, could this be a result of the, the fact that we're a very cricket-obsessed nation? Like, or do you think it's more of a causation thing that, uh, because these things aren't getting their due. That's why uh, there's no... See, I think each sport can have, have its own place. Mm-hmm. Like any other country, you have the UK, you have, you have uh, the US. Yeah. All sports you know, promoted side by side. If these federations had the capacity to basically promote the sport better, mm-hmm. plus uh, if the athlete performs well, Obviously, the news news agencies and the media are able to cover that story, right? Yes. This needs to be like on a constant basis. So had that not happened, had that decline not happened, that the media stopped taking interest mm-hmm. and the federations uh, and the athletes stopped, like, didn't perform too well because of the federations, I think um, we could have really done something really well had all of these things been uh, in a good good state overall from the start. Yeah. So it's it's pretty much a side by side thing. Everything kind of crumpled all together at the same time. Yeah, yeah. All right, yeah. cool. So um, one thing I do I do think about though. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I'm cutting you off. No, 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 that's fine. That's fine. Uh, you know, you 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 look at hockey. Yeah. We have World Cups. We have Olympic medals, right? I mm-hmm. think the last World Cup we won was in 1994. Yeah. That's and the yeah. World that's Cup pretty much the last. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, what I personally fail to understand, and I hope, I mean, there's somebody out there who understands this well, is we won the Cricket World Cup. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. We won the Hockey World Cup. And since then, we've just seen the decline of hockey and no interest in the sport overall. Okay. Um, so, so when yeah. I was, when I was a little bit younger, I mean, I'm yeah. not that old anyways, but <laughs> I used to, I used to, t- uh, people used to ask me why I'm not interested in cricket. And I used to have this uh, theory that every generation has its own sport, uh, specifically in Pakistan. Like uh, my dada and my nana grandfathers mm-hmm. were obsessed with hockey. They were equally obsessed with cricket, uh, particularly because hockey wasn't at that level anymore. Early 2000s, it wasn't being televised. Uh, the local clubs, you know, Lahore, Karachi. My first sports experience was I went to watch, uh, I think, game Lahore versus Karachi with my dada. So that was my first uh, kind of live event. But yeah, I used to have this thing that, no, it's it's a generational thing. Now there's going to be a switch from cricket to football because me and all my peers were obsessed with football. We didn't have that liking towards cricket. But Pakistan, India, ka match dekhna we're done now. Let's get back to football. Uh, but that hasn't really affected the trajectory of cricket because that's one thing I've noticed that football, even though there are very, very talented people out there, we used to, when I was in seventh grade, I used to play against boys from Liari and a six-year-old boy was, he had amazing talent. Uh, and uh, that shift didn't happen. Um would you contribute that to the lack of infrastructure as well? Yeah, I think that's one of the elements. I think that's definitely one of the elements. I mean, right now, we don't have the infrastructure for sports that, even for cricket, I mean, we do have quite a few stadiums, but they're not all that amazing. Yeah, so I mean... So if, if, you, if you look at then if you compare that to other sports, yeah, you, you can't even say those places where these guys train, uh, these athletes where they're trained, they're not... They're not adequate not at all. At, yeah, at all. Yeah. 
uh, I guess one of the trends you're going to start seeing, which we are seeing right now is um, people who, who can somewhat afford to get into these private institutions and private clubs to, to train. They're, they're sort of the people who are taking uh, sports forward. Because um, I would have to actually disagree with you on that. All right, cool. Because I mean, you look at uh, athletes like Saadi Abbas. Yeah, right? yeah, for sure. Uh, I went and saw, and I visited the place where he trained. Mm-hmm. That place was hot. That mm-hmm. place was sort of really falling apart. The ceiling was falling apart, and water water dripping down. Uh-huh. So these guys really they have the passion for sports. That's mm-hmm. why they keep pursuing it and they keep striving to become the best is because they actually take this sort of as a career because that's they're do, they don't want to do anything else and i think that's where even if you look at cricket most of the cricket players that have come out uh, are not from privileged backgrounds mm-hmm, for sure so i feel like apart from maybe tennis most of the athletes are not from uh, from very uh, privileged backgrounds mm-hmm. Actually, the reason I was thinking along those lines was because of the fact that, you know, those training facilities aren't really there. And another factor which, uh, which comes into play is, um, is uh, um, naturally money. These uh, people who are representing us on an international or, you know, any sort of level, they're, they're not really represented by the government. They're not compensated by the government. Mm-hmm. And uh, so in my head, a person who is... Um, you know, really passionate about sports, but they might have to put that aside because they know that it's not a viable career. Yeah, yeah. So it's those, exactly like that. yeah. So those societal uh, things and the fact that the government isn't really giving their dues. And uh, previously, in doing the research, uh, these private companies, Swigas, HBL, they would contribute to that, but yeah. that stopped as well. And I think that's also led to the eventual demise yes of course i mean if you compare how if you compare us to india for instance mm-hmm. and how they've grown their sports yeah uh, it's it's amazing I mean, we're similar in the way that we're crazy about cricket but mm-hmm. they've taken on other sports and they've grown those sports in a very very uh, smart way and in yeah, the past I mean, couple of years you've I, seen kabaddi leagues and you've yeah, seen yeah exactly football- yeah yeah, Kabaddi League is a big one because Kabaddi is, is not a particularly, um, you know, it's wrestling everywhere else. And Kabaddi is somewhat a re- regional sport in South Asia, but they've taken it and they've, they've made it to an insane level where their Kabaddi League is harboring a lot of superstars in their own right. And they've done the same with football as well. Um, and apparently they have a very nice tennis league as well. Um, I'm not too familiar with it, but they're Mm -hmm. doing pretty well with the tennis league also. So, I mean, we need companies and we need the sponsors. But when we say that we need sponsors on board, then we also have to, again, go back to the same thing. Is the federation that is uh, hosting an event, for instance, or looking for sponsorship, doing enough for sponsors to be interested in sponsoring that athlete? I mean, there's Um, a give and and take, right? Like no exactly. sponsor would come on board if there are only two eyes on a particular event. Exactly. Um, I'll, I'll give you an example. Um, back in 2018, I suppose, early 2018, I was working with the Pakistan Davis Cup team, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, they, we were looking at sponsors and I think it was either 2017, 18. I'm sorry, I can't remember the year. Mm-hmm. So, um, we were talking to a sponsor and the sponsor said that I wanted to be televised and that's when I'm going to give you my money. Uh, The sponsor did give some money, but Mm -hmm. the issue was when the athlete got, when the tennis player got on, they stopped televising. Oh, oh, okay. So you can imagine the Uh sponsor being pretty mad about it. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure you were pretty mad about it as well. I was pretty mad about it, obviously. But the sponsor, I mean, obviously the sponsor was like, you guys promised it and PTV did promise it. Yeah. But then again, they, something probably something better came along. And uh, they switched it from Pakistan Davis Cup to, to, uh, to something else. Yeah, I, that's also the lack of faith and a lack of, I think, goodwill is also a pretty big issue in general in everything in Pakistan is 
somebody promises you something, but you, you can't be sure that they would deliver on that. So it completely yeah. works that, but uh, the media is also a pretty, a pretty big, uh, as you said earlier, a pretty big reason why there's this decline. Cause currently like um, uh, when a Magnus sports kind of became a thing uh, mm-hmm. and, uh, and we, I started seeing like these, you know, I, like Sadi Abbasi and all these athletes, which were really, really excelling in their, in their sport and taking Pakistan's name in, on, on a very, on a level which we haven't really recognized in, a, in since, since 1994 or 1992, right? Mm. Uh, but the media has no knowledge of it, or if they have the knowledge of it, they're choosing to discard it. Like I recently re- recently read that in 2019, uh, Special Olympics got Pakistan Pakistani Special Olympics. They got 61 medals, out of mm. which 18 were gold. And yeah. the only way I actually found out about the Special Olympics was because they came to my A-level school because it's a privately run body and they were doing rounds of schools to kind of build up their uh, their traction so that people would know and donate and do whatever. So the real question is, how do we change the media? Because until the media kind of sort of uh, starts giving these... Um, the do where it's you know it's Saudi or it's uh, um, anybody else, it won't yeah. change. It won't definitely. I mean, journalists need to take more interest. To be very honest, right mm-hmm. now I feel ninety eight percent of the journalists that we have in Pakistan right now who are covering sports are not sports journalists; they're cricket journalists. Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm going to get a lot of backlash for this No, uh, if somebody hears this, uh, uh, but that's the truth. Uh, they don't know much about any other sports except mm-hmm. maybe two or three other, um, two or three journalists. Mm-hmm. Most of them don't know much about sports yeah. apart from cricket. So they can call themselves cricket journalists, but we need people who are covering stories of athletes. We have, uh, we have journalists like... Uh, uh, Fezan Lakhani, Natasha Rahil, Umed Vaseem, these guys mm-hmm. are covering stories outside of cricket as well. I mean, mm-hmm. Fezan does cricket, but these guys are doing stories outside of cricket. So we need more people to show interest. Maybe yeah. people like you and me. I mean, we can con- contribute and we can write articles about it also. Yeah, uh, I mean, even overall, on social media, if we just put up a post, that would probably yeah. get some sort of traction. Definitely. And sometimes people... I mean, I've noticed this on Twitter. Sometimes you post something, sometimes it really goes viral. Mm-hmm. Like something that most journalists wouldn't really even consider a good story would go, would go viral on, on social media. Yeah, like like a couple of years ago, there was this big uh, outcry about sports in Pakistan over the, mm-hmm. uh, the Olympic cyclist who was driving a rickshaw. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was... I mean, I, then again, I, I, I'm sorry, but I keep going back to the federations as well and then all of the whole things sort of repeat itself. It's, it's just a loop essentially. Exactly. So if, if you're going round and round in circles where it's the athlete who's not getting recognized, mm-hmm. the athlete's not getting sponsors, the athlete's not earning any money and when the athlete gets old and retires, yeah. they don't they have, have any money. And they don't, yeah. So, I mean, at the end of the day, you're going to end up doing something that's like that and that guy ended up driving the rickshaw. Mm-hmm. So I think we've pretty much touched on what's wrong. Yeah. Um, actually, one another thing which keeps popping up is the fact that uh, naturally there's no uh, input from the federations, but that also then results in us not keeping up with the times, keeping up with what the standard of international sports is. Like one of the big things yeah. was that currently the Pakistani hockey team is not up, is not uh, practicing on the same rules as what's being uh, played internationally. Yeah. Yeah. Is is there any like is that across the board or is there any situation where there's there's some sort of place apart from cricket, obviously. Cricket is holy grail. We can't say anything to that. <laughs> we are I we okay. Other countries are light years ahead of us. That's, yeah. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, Instead yeah, of saying sure. we are really bad at this, but in the other countries, are, you know, that's probably the only positive <laughs> spin I can say. Other countries are better. We're not bad. But the thing is that uh, it's across the board, from karate to, to squash to name the sport, and you won't find anybody who's qualified, A, like, for instance, coaches, they're not qualified mm-hmm. enough to be training these 
athletes who aspire to go to the Olympics. Yeah. We don't have the technology. We don't have the sports tech to mm-hmm. monitor their performances. Um, so those are two really major things that really affect uh, performances. Yeah, athlete uh, recovery is, I think, very important. And a lot of yeah. people don't even know that there's something known as recovery mm-hmm. after, yeah. you know. Yeah, so. I think there's a there's also a reliance on pure talent. talent which is really not the case unless you actually put in the time. Or exactly. if they have I mean, the infrastructure to put in the time, they're probably gonna excel much further. Yeah, I mean like oh like you said, I mean it's just the fact that talent can take you so far. I mean mm-hmm. you have let's say somebody like um Esamul Hakkureshi. Right? Yeah. He is talented and mm-hmm. he really works his butt off. Yeah. He really, really works a lot and he spent money because he could at that point in time. I mean, it was difficult for him, yes, but he went out of Pakistan. He got coaching outside of Pakistan and say, now, now you see where he is, right? His yeah. talent plus all of the other things combined. Yeah, uh, exactly. On the flip side, you take somebody like Akhil Khan, who's super talented, right? Um, he is Pakistan's number one. He was Pakistan's number one for 20 years. Mm-hmm. But that guy uh, wasn't able to go play abroad. He wasn't able to go get that kind of training. He wasn't able to do too much outside of Pakistan. So if, right. he, if he, you know, if had Akil gotten the kind of uh, training and the sponsorships that he required back in, let's say, 1998, 2000, mm-hmm. the story would have been much different. It would have been Akil and Assam, not just Assam. Yeah, makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. Acha, uh, what about uh, grassroots level sports? So when you're really young, like if you look at America, for example, every kid yeah. is in some sort of sports league. They have, and it starts from when they're like two. And you yeah. put them in and that goes. And uh, when I was in school, we used to go for football. And uh, school games period used to be fun. But other than that, there was there was no legitimacy when it comes to someone wanting to play sports. Like if someone said that, Oh, I really want to focus on football. That's my primary goal. Uh, I don't think there's any sort of, um, especially in the early years, there's no sort of, uh, uh, I keep using the word infrastructure, but plan or any sort of thing from even the schools or anything to kind of push the guy forward. So we don't. So if you, and this is one of the things that I keep saying as well, that we need to have a policy that says we, that sports is mandatory mm-hmm. for everyone from a very young age in government schools, in private schools, both. Yeah. I'm from Islamabad and mm-hmm. most of the schools here are in houses. These houses mm-hmm. are not big enough to have a stadium or to have a, sorry, a football pitch or yeah, a, for sure. a basketball court even for sure. Yeah. So, so if you don't have those kind of uh, facilities, uh, kids are not going to be interested in sport. And even if they're inter- interested in sports, they're not, not, there's not too much that they can do. Mm-hmm. From the government side, we don't have any programs or plans where uh, kids can go, grow, uh, go and learn sports. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But we do have those little f- football academies, let's say. Yeah. Uh, they're popping up everywhere where you have two to four a group and then you have four to six and you know under eights and under tens and under ah, like in, in Karachi there was like Zamzama United and Karachi United and there were I'm not stressing this enough there were like about 20 more and yeah. I don't know if it's the fact that I'm not part of that circle anymore but now when I hear about it it's pretty much Zamzama United and there are only two left yeah I'm See, the thing is, if you're running a club, then you need money to run the club. And for, I mean, kids in private schools can afford to go to Mm -hmm. those clubs. Mm -hmm. Kids in government schools cannot. Yeah, for sure. So that's the thing. And that's why we can't, we we, we don't have those programs. The majority of the population, majority of the kids get left out. Yeah, and we're uh, we're kind of just completely... Um, not talking about the people who aren't going to any school. Oh you know, yeah, there is yeah. a very sizable amount of people, about amount of kids who don't go to school. Like again, when we used to play against these uh, uh, these uh, kids from Liari, uh, a bus used to come in, and uh, their coach used to coach us as well. Now we mm-hmm. used to play on a plot. We had access to a stadium as well. Every Saturday we used to go there, and we used to 
uh, have matches amongst each other. And but these guys used to come on a coaster all the way from Leari just just to have the opportunity to play with somebody else. And yeah. the coach really like drilled this into our heads because they he was talking about how they don't do anything else. They wake up, they go to a plot or any sort of area which is uh, empty, and they just play football until eight o'clock, and that that's when they come back. And or they get out. Next level. Oh, it's totally next level. Uh, I I think I've told you the story about this kid called yeah. Commando. I <laughs> yeah. I will never forget that we were being coached by A level students, and this kid was seven, and his skill and his power of the shot. Like when he took a shot, I was in awe because it was faster than anything I had ever seen before. Hmm. Because our coaches didn't hit like that. Yeah, and he was I mean, six. That's- that's what happens when you're training like eight or ten hours a day, and this is not training. Training. This is just playing. Playing. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, imagine it's, if these kids get trained properly. Yeah. The potential that they have. Huh. It's it's also about um, uh, another issue uh, which people were really touching on. I, I I read like four or five articles, and they all touched on one thing, which is um, the lack of uh, polish or the lack of uh, kind of. Um, you know, we can train our cricketers in, in playing, but we, we also need to change them in professionalism and how to behave on and yeah. off the pitch. Yep. And uh, I, I think, I don't know what the situation is. As I said, if there's initial training, the grooming is a lot of talk. But is there some sort of situation where we, we might not be... Um, we might not uh, give credit to these people because we think they can't be groomed. I think everybody can be groomed. Every single person on earth can be groomed, right? Yeah, like that's exactly what I was thinking. That if, if you pick these people, you know, like go to them and even even in, even in situations where they are playing from, you know, they're playing from eight to eight and give some sort of structure. government This guy who used to coach them, he used to coach us. He used to coach them for free and kind of give them a space to kind of let their anger out and stuff like that. And uh, if you just go to them and have some sort of, you know, institution in place that grooming could probably. It's essential. And especially when you start playing uh, for Pakistan, even if you're playing, not playing at the World Cup or any of those events, but even at smaller events, you're, you're representing your uh, country, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, Grooming definitely matters in that regard also. If you're going outside of Pakistan, you need to behave in a certain way. You need to speak in a certain way also. Yeah. And you need to represent your company, uh, country in a, uh, in a certain way as well. So I think each federation, I don't know if there's anybody, any federation particularly doing that. I'm not aware of any. But if there's somebody there who's doing it, that's this fantastic. But the need for that is essential. As well as the need for athletes having access to social media. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I cannot stress that enough. Um, having worked with athletes for a very long time, I've noticed that quite a few don't like using social media uh-huh. or they think it's a waste of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so some of them have private profiles. Some of them don't have any profiles. Uh-huh. Uh, I, and that, that's essential. Um, but then again, there's communication skill that comes in in that uh, regard also. Yeah. So they're yeah. learning. Some of the athletes are learning with time mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, to manage their own social media. And when they have a good following on social media, then obviously sponsors come on board also. Yeah, for sure. Like Saadi is a very good example. I yeah. I uh, logged, like I just opened Toyota randomly, Toyota Indus. Yeah. And I was like, wait, I know that guy. Oh, that's Saadi. Yeah. He's, he's in his pose. He's, in, he's like... And it's a good, it's a good feeling when you see someone, you know, being recognized. Yeah. And I think Saadi is doing a really good job in that. Like he's, um, uh, the last time I met him was a a really long time ago, maybe a year and a half, two years ago. But every Mm -hmm. time there's been, um, every time I've spoken to him, he's always uh, trying to set up some, some sort of tournament to, to highlight the, the talent there. So he's kind of filling these two roles of, He's an athlete as well, but at the same time, he's doing these sort of coaching, mentoring programs where he's trying to groom other athletes to maybe eventually take his place or um, he's trying to set up a system where uh, there's some sort of representation and credibility in karate. Yeah. 
Yeah, uh, and he wants especially. this to be a very long-term thing. Um, so he has a plan set out for after he retri- retires as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you can see this guy who's been struggling to compete for so long and struggling to represent, struggling to get money, all of those things. But he yeah. still thinks that he's going to do this after he retires. He's not going to go and do some normal job, Somewhere right? Yeah. He's going. He's yeah. going to go and he's going to train the future of Pakistan. Yeah, I mean, it takes a lot of conviction to do that, especially like. Definitely. If you're, if you've been, if you've been competing and you're not getting your dues at all, uh, to to have that mentality, it takes a big, big step. And it's frustrating to be honest. I mean, if these athletes really, uh, I, sometimes I'm in awe of them because they're mm-hmm. just doing this day after day after day. And sometimes I myself, and I said this to a lot of people so many times that sometimes I, as somebody who's working behind the scenes, uh-huh. I'm like, why am I doing this? So imagine that these these guys these, were actually yeah, competing. The front they, lines, yeah. How, yeah, it's just crazy. Acha, uh, another thing which I wanted to talk to you about, which is uh, pr- it's probably going to be a big rant, is uh, okay. just if you could slightly touch on. I've the been fact- ranting, haven't I? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's perfectly fine, but slightly touch on the on the fact that um, women. In, in particular are are not given their dues like another example when we take cricket for example women mm-hmm. are our women's team has been winning more than the than the men's team in at least recent years and nobody mm-hmm. really talks about that because nobody really thinks it's a it might be a credible credible thing or you know yeah. or televised thing yeah. i think it should be televised at least we'll we'll have something to cheer on okay okay these guys have been winning let's cheer them on yeah. Uh, it's, obviously, there's the systemic um, sexism which is in our country, but yeah. would, there, would there be a situation where there, there could be steps taken? Again, we've been talking about journalists and all that, but, yeah. but just highlight a couple of things which why this is such a problem. So I think this is a very global thing. It's not mm-hmm. uh, limited to our country. Yeah, every yeah, for single sure. team, every single women's sport across the world is facing this. Yeah, we were talking and about we, FIFA, where exactly. the women so, are playing on turf and the men are not. Yeah. So, I mean, you take that for an example. You take, uh, like, Australia is really doing something about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, in relation to women's football, right? But mm-hmm, yeah. now that they've also won the bid to ho- host the World Cup in 2023, uh, Australia and New Zealand, they're really, you know, this is really going to help them yeah, um, sure. grow the women's sport. So uh, <laughs> I really don't <laughs> even know where to start, to be honest. Uh, let it all go. Let it all go. There's so many things that can be said, but <laughs> I think it's a very global thing and uh, uh-huh. federations and uh, everybody else needs to realize that women in sports can play a major role in representing your country and in win- winning medals for your country. Mm-hmm. Sports is not, not just for men, but yeah, for, sure. for women as well, right? Yeah. You look at the US women's uh, football team. Exactly. And yeah. how they've performed since uh, they won the first, well, was I don't think it was called the World Cup at that point in time, but in 1992, they sort of the first World Cup of, as we know it now. Mm-hmm. They won the first one and then for a very long time, they didn't win anything. And then in 1999, when they won the World Cup, it really sort of changed how football was perceived over mm-hmm. there, for mm-hmm. women's football. Although, I mean, they still think football is more of a women's sport as compared to a men's sport. Yeah, uh, but, but, but uh, there's been an up, uplift in, in men also coming into football because of that, I think. Like yeah, MLS yeah, didn't exist a while ago and now it's a very, um, very prominent sport part of the sports industry it's a, it's a lot of people watch it now yeah and that probably couldn't have happened without the women's team but again they're they're not given that you know credit where the you credit actually changed football yeah. exactly and the same thing is happening in australia and i think the same thing is also happening in netherlands where the netherlands mm-hmm. uh, women's team won the 17 uh, 20, uh, 2017's euro okay. and then they were in the final of the world cup last year Mm-hmm. So they are really working hard to change the landscape of uh, of football, at least in uh, in their countries. Uh, then it goes back again to the same argument that money needs to be spent 
uh-huh. for on athletes to grow the sport so these girls these women can go outside of pakistan represent the country mm-hmm. and win some medals uh, money needs to be put I, like i told you the other day when um, in 2014 this uh, when this half women's championship was happening mm-hmm. the ball boys were getting more money than the women yeah yeah women in the national that. teams so i mean you can imagine the disparity of Oh, yeah, yeah, it's not. You can't even call it disparity. It's, it's not even disparity. I don't even know what it is. <laughs> it's it's weird. That's what it is. Um, in Pakistan, in particular, when we're yeah. talking about these federations, uh, yeah. first question is, um, in in terms of women, in sports, yeah. is there a separate federation? And if there isn't, would it help to have a completely separate federation taking the women forward? Um, no, we don't have a separate federation, but mm-hmm. I think more women need to be in places, higher positions here in the same federations. I don't think we need to uh-huh. have a separate one. Gee. So let's say if this is a football federation, we need more women in in the in the boardroom. We need more mm-hmm. women in higher authority areas where they can actually make decisions. And I think that goes for all uh, all sports. Uh, Yeah. when and and yes more more importantly it's not just about having women women in those positions it's about having women who know what yeah. to do yeah and have experience or have even if they don't have experience have have the understanding of what needs to be done mm-hmm. uh to grow sports for women uh, across the across the nation yeah that, that makes a lot of sense okay uh shifting gears a little bit let's talk about yeah. sports law cuz that's something both you and i have studied <laughs> yeah. i have studied okay. it on a very very minute scale because it was yeah. really easy to get marks i'm going to be very honest but <laughs> <laughs> uh, last time we spoke i i remember um us talking about why uh, why you wouldn't why nobody studies sports law cuz much like um, you know medical negligence and there are a lot of laws in pakistan which don't really have have a space tort law which is one mm-hmm. of the most it's one of the cornerstones of law in 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 the world wo uska yahan pe koi hai kuch hai nahi like there's no concept of it so you did a course on this and i know that because i sent you the book <laughs> and uh, why did you pick that up knowing that um th- that might not be implied in in pakistan on a on a regular scale right so i was part of a mentorship program with law and sports uk mm-hmm. uh, it was the first cohort and it was a one year long program where they have two mentees attached with one mentor okay so my mentor was somebody who was working uh, at a very high level in switzerland mm-hmm. as a lawyer and mm-hmm. then she eventually moved back to london she was a, a uk based lawyer so she was in in switzerland for a very long time and then okay. she moved back to the uk Mm-hmm. where she has her own football uh, sorry uh, where she has her own uh, practice sports uh, practice yeah mm-hmm. so she, when i started the course the idea behind this was to understand what the best practices are outside of pakistan okay uh to understand how things are being done internationally what are the things that we need to focus on to grow mm-hmm. and what are the things what are the new uh things that we need to focus on that we can um, implement within our country right okay okay so sports law isn't just like just as you know it's just not a law that's like very secluded in that it's sports ka apna koi law hai but you know you have competition laws applied to you know scenarios in sports so there's a different way to look at those and then you have yeah, yeah. then then you have something that's completely different that's the court of arbitration and mm-hmm. for sports and um uh, that side of things so my idea for for enrolling or for applying in that course was to learn as much as i possibly can about how it works internationally okay uh, what lawyers are doing over there so maybe mm-hmm. we can bring that to pakistan we can replicate it not right now but eventually okay that's cool yeah okay so on a final note um yeah. being the vice president of magnus sports oh <laughs> it still sounds funny to me vice president <laughs> um Yeah so do you think that um 2020 has kind of been a slump because of covid yes. but do you think there was a do you think there would have been a positive change from 2019 to 2020 and 2020 to 2021 considering 
you know, social media is a thing which can be tapped into and Magnus Sports is doing a lot of work in that regard. Yeah. It's it's highlighting their own talent. It's highlighting ta- it, not just its own talent. It's highlighting every uh, prominent thing yeah. happening from Pakistan, whoever's getting a medal. So do you think there's some sort of upward shift or is it is it supposed to just be a flat line for a couple of years and then a boom is supposed to come? Okay, so when I joined Magnus in 2018, mm-hmm. this is something that we had a conversation about, me and my boss, uh, <laughs> uh, who you know very well. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, uh, whoever's going to listen to this would probably not. So let me just explain. Uh, Magnus Sports, the boss is my uncle. Shout out Ashish Kaleem. Thank you so much. <laughs> Yeah, so when, when I when I joined Magnus, that was something we talked about a lot because we at that time felt that there's going to be a boom coming mm-hmm. maybe right after the Olympics. Gotcha. If we were able to get something, some athletes to the Olympics, uh, it would sort of get better from there. I, it didn't and happen though, no? I don't think anybody... The Olympics, yeah, yeah, the Olympics didn't happen. They uh-huh. got pushed to next year, right? Uh-huh. Um, so now we're hoping that maybe after next Olympics, things are going to pick up but mm-hmm. not at the pace they would have been going had COVID not happened. Okay. So we, in the past couple of years, have had, overall, Pakistan has had athletes who are performing better than previous years. Mm-hmm. And these athletes could go on to play for another eight years, right? Yeah. You have uh, you have people like Talha Talib and Nubart who are weightlifters mm-hmm. who can go on to compete for the next 12 years even. Mm-hmm. So you you now you have a crop of athletes who are consistently doing well. What needs what we thought would we could do was uh, get them international expo- exposure, elevate their games, mm-hmm. and that would in turn elevate the level of sports being played in Pakistan, and mm-hmm. in and more interest would develop by sponsors in sports. Okay. So we really ha- had this idea that this is going to happen, but right now I think it's just uh, for now. I mean, for the next two years, I suppose, 2021, maybe after 2021, things will pick up. Uh, okay. But I'm not so sure. Achha. So, but if COVID didn't so you, you were expecting a little bit of an up upshift. Yeah, 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 definitely, mm-hmm. for sure. Okay. Uh, awesome. So, uh, is there anything else you would like to add or speak about? Which we haven't Not touched on. I think I think we've touched on a lot of negative. I would like to say there's a lot of positive that's happening <laughs> yeah, in was, Pakistan. I, I was just getting to that. <laughs> <laughs> we've yeah. just been complaining. Let's let's talk about something positive. So uh, I feel that we've talked, and I I hate doing this, but I think we've been I've been ranting quite a lot about the negatives of sports mm-hmm. in sports in Pakistan. We have to give credit where credit is due. People are now taking interest of. Because of social media, a lot of people have started taking interest. Yeah. Um, a lot of people have started talking about working in football. Mm-hmm. Younger kids uh, are now thinking of it as a career path, which mm-hmm. is definitely shows their passion for, for the sport, right? Even yeah. for, even athletes are now, even if, you, if you've noticed, there are athletes who are from privileged backgrounds who've taken it up as a career path. Yeah, for I sure. hadn't yeah. seen that before. I mean, maybe uh-huh. one or two athletes, but now more and more athletes are coming up who are from privileged backgrounds who are taking it up as a career yeah. and they want and, to represent the country. And it's also uh, not everybody's thinking about the conventional sports. Not everybody's thinking about, I want to be a footballer. I want to be a cricketer because of obviously the internet and things reaching people a lot easier. There are athletes who are, um, I'm missing on the guy's name, but uh, he's he goes and competes in Ironmans. And, yeah. Uh, um, he, yeah. Uh, I put it up on the screen. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. 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 So. Uh, yeah. There's that, and then uh, there are these. Uh, I think four four kids who are doing freestyling. Uh, yeah. The, these kids. Bilkul, uh, bilkul. So these guys were uh, freestylers. They took it up a couple of years ago, and they're really making waves within Pakistan. And they're really uh, good. They're really good, and Red yeah. Bull just did an article on them as well. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. you have these kids who are take. Uh, we have uh, mountaineers. We yeah. have more mountaineers now than before. 
we have more cyclists than before. Mm-hmm. We, we also have, uh, as a, yeah, yeah, we also have like rallies. We have a lot of rallies which are which are supported by the government in in interior Sindh and all. Exactly. So yeah. we do have a lot of positive things happening. It's just that they're not being highlighted enough. Mm-hmm. For sure. So I think that's probably the only issue with this. But overall, I think there's a lot of people who are taking it up, even as a, uh, uh, maybe even as a hobby, mm-hmm. which is a positive because eventually over time, this hobby is going to turn into a career. Not maybe, for, maybe not for that person particularly, but maybe for the kids in the next 10, 12 years. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, there there has been a change. Like even even the person who trains me, uh, mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to have him on the podcast in a couple of episodes. So we're going to talk about fitness and health. Um, yeah. when I was speaking to him, he, he didn't, he didn't take up uh, fitness and health and just, just as a, you know, I can do this. I'm good at it. He was very adamant mm-hmm. about this is what I want to do. And he was very passionate about, about rowing and he thought, okay, oh. I can coach people. Oh, where does he, I, I want to learn rowing. So maybe I should get in touch with him. <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. I'll send you, um, <laughs> his info. But yeah, be cool. yeah, shout out Asim Iqbal. Uh, yeah, so awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, rowing is a pretty big thing over here. Um, mm-hmm. uh, at least when I was in school, it was a pretty big thing, and there are a lot of um, a, a lot of uh, tournaments happening, and these kids go into um, in, to an international level and they do compete, which is another mm-hmm. example of a sport yeah. which is not being highlighted. And I know we said that we would we would talk about something positive, but it <laughs> Positive? I mean, it is a positive that they're going, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, as opposed to nobody going anywhere. So that's uh-huh. good. And, and the, here's another positive. I was talking to this guy who works in football and um, it ends in a negative, but the positive <laughs> is that... Let's that start off with the negative. <laughs> It won't make sense if I, if I say it that way. <laughs> yeah, so these sense. kids, these these kids who are competing for Pakistan at a, at, at a younger age mm-hmm. uh, in football, they're doing really well. Uh-huh. Uh, they can beat their uh, opponents very easily international mm-hmm. competitions. Mein. Like but we're talking under age, 14? Under 15? Under 14, yeah. Okay. Uh, so when they reach the age of 16 and 17, that's when there comes the, the slump comes. Uh-huh. It's because again the training and all of that, but at least till fifteen they're beating up everybody uh, else. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's a good thing. Okay, so um, one thing which I want you to do is uh, I yeah. want you to whoever's going to listen to this podcast and if if they make it to this point, I want yeah. uh, five athletes which uh, people should maybe look into, maybe follow their social okay. media profiles or check an article out about them or. You know, right. just just to follow up, just let's spread a little. Let's take more names. I think we've taken Sadi Abbas's name, yeah, uh, Sadi yeah. Abbas's name a okay, lot of times. Apart from Sadi Abbas, apart huh. from him, go check <laughs> him out as well. Yeah. Uh, so we have uh, SN, uh, SN, uh, 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 SN Ayaz. Mm-hmm. We have um, Sara Mehboob Khan. Okay. She's a tennis player. All right. Then there is Tala Talib. Mm-hmm. No, but. What does uh, and... these two are weightlifters? These two are weightlifters. Sarah is a mm-hmm. tennis player. Essen is a squash player. Mm-hmm. And Josefa Ibrahim. Oh, Josefa is amazing. Josefa yeah. is a star. star. Yeah. I think, I think Josefa was the first couple of... He was in the first wave of people Magnus, Magnus signed. Yeah. yeah and, and that uh, kid is... Amazing. Yeah. Like, I, I remember one who telling me about him and I was like, he's really? Like, does this actually happen? And I... And even if you look at his, his still, where he's... Yeah. Oh, the guy... Rockstar. So that kid, the, here's a positive. He started playing and he's been uh, winning every single, almost every single match that he's played. Any, mm-hmm. Every single tournament he's played. I think he's won the Japan uh, tournament four times. He's recently won the US Junior Open as well. Mm-hmm. So he's got like, I think over 31 titles to his name and he's only 14 years old. Oh, wow. So that's yeah, I mean, a positive. We, we, yeah, we didn't have uh, athletes like that, right? Like, um, man, I keep forgetting his name. Jangir Khan? Jangir Khan, Jansher Khan, yeah. Yeah, 50, 555 consecutive wins. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I think this guy, this kid is possibly going to be... He's potential, let's hope yeah. So. yeah. Yeah, let's yeah, hope definitely. so. So I think I named five, right? And all, not all of them are signed by, uh, by our company, mm-hmm. by Magnus. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're different. I just wanted to just... 
throw out their names because they definitely deserve the recognition. Yeah, I'll um, I'll edit it and put put some sort of graphic there uh, yeah. as well. But awesome. I think uh, should we wrap it up? Yeah, definitely. And I'm I'm sorry I've been ranting a lot about a lot of things. It's but, okay. It's okay. Uh, there's obviously a lot of positive here. It's yeah, okay. I mean that's 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 my entire point of doing this, right? It's it's too. Yeah. Even if it's a rant, at least the information needs to get out there. That yeah. you know, even if two two other people who are interested in it take it up and follow up, yeah. still yeah. it's still a lot. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, maybe they know some somebody in the hockey federation, and they'll call them up and be like, "What's going on?" Or yeah, some I, something. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, let's <laughs> hope so. Yeah. Anyways, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. It was a lot of fun, and uh, I I remember putting a putting a stop to us talking about sports last week because yeah. you're like, "Nee nee, we'll exhaust <laughs> everything." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, it was uh, great to be here. I absolutely enjoyed having a conversation. We don't quite get to have these kind of conversations often here, so yeah. I, I I really enjoyed it. All right. So for those people who don't know, uh, you have your own podcast. So let's let's plug that in a little okay. bit. Talk about that. Sure. We'll end it. Sure. So last year I started a podcast and I decided to talk to people who work behind the scenes in sports. Mm-hmm. I, in the past couple of years, I've had the opportunity to talk to athletes, and, but I've never had the opportunity to learn and speak to people from outside of Pakistan as well as with from within mm-hmm. Pakistan. who are working behind the scenes so the idea behind this was basically to talk to people right uh in in the past couple of uh, months i've spoken to i've learned a lot of myself uh, especially speaking to some people in football mm-hmm. i spoke to this guy by the name of curtis marshall he works mm-hmm. he he's canadian and he mm-hmm. talks about the canadian national uh, canadian premier league the football okay. league okay okay so it was really an it's a very insightful conversation so that's why i started a what it's called what's the brew Mm-hmm. and um, uh, that's why below. i started it yeah awesome, awesome. <laughs> so that's why i started it i wanted it's basically what's growing in sports uh-huh. uh, in the world of sports uh, even though these people are working behind the scenes they obviously have a very good understanding of how and what's going on in sports around the world yeah yeah for sure so yeah so if, if so people are basically going to be expecting when they come on to your podcast just uh behind the scenes stuff right like yeah behind the scenes stuff about about the leagues uh, recently i did an interview with somebody who was basically offering internships mm-hmm. to people he said if anybody wants to work in football can they can get in touch with me oh, uh, he's cool. based in pakistan so that's cool that's awesome yeah. so yeah chalo i think i think we're done yeah awesome. i'll have you, <laughs> I, i'll have you on again once covid ends and you are in karachi we'll do an in person sure. sort of thing maybe we'll we'll touch on some of the the positives and some of the changes oh, yeah, yeah. from from this time to the next time we speak yeah let's hope so <laughs> right <laughs> but yeah looking forward to it i'm really looking forward to the next conversation as well